Mastodon instance liabilities, and what we didn't know about the LastPass hack. Until now. This is Mac Voices. This week's Mac Voices is supported by Collide. Collide is an endpoint solution that uses the most powerful untapped resource in IT, end users. Learn more at collide.com slash macvoices. Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by Rocket Money. Take full control of your subscriptions with Rocket Money at rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, this is the Mac Voices Live Holiday Party number two. It's Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time that is, wherever you are. We are in the YouTube chat room at youtube.com slash TV, along with a bunch of our other friends. We would love to have you join us to come in and share a little holiday cheer and a little tech information and conversation. Tonight, um, as we record this, it's the 27th of December, um, so as you might guess, there's not a lot of Apple news, but we do have a couple things we definitely wanted to talk about. And I also posted another question for our panel to ask them to contemplate a little bit, so we will get to that just a little bit later. First, let's find out who's here, and then we will move on. Um it seems like he, this is just his regular position up in the top left of my screen, Mr. David Ginsburg. David, good to see you. Good to see you, Chuck. Uh, hope you had a great uh, holiday and Merry Christmas. And uh, glad to be here again this week. I have my Christmas present behind me here. Got a nice grid uh, iPhone 4S. Uh, I think this thing is pretty phenomenal. Nice, nice little uh, breakdown and a good thing to hang up on the wall. So Santa was good to me, but uh, glad to be here. It's going to be a good show. Good. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see. I'm just going to go clockwise um, and introduce Eric Bolden. Eric, it's good to see you. Uh, nice. have, have things warmed up a little bit for you? Oh, much, much improved. What? Uh, <clears throat> not quite about freezing, but pretty darn close. Enough so it's safe to drive. Roads are clear. All the birds are happy. Yeah, it's, it's good. <laughs> and and you want the birds happy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Good to have you. I'm glad you made it. Uh, next up, uh, sporting a, a very Darth Vader-like uh, attire is uh, Mr. Webb Bixby. Webb, good to have you. Chuck, good to be here. Hope, uh, like uh, um, David said, hope you had a good holiday. Mine was fabulous. It's very quiet, very wonderful. So, Should we uh, – people have been wishing you congratulations in the chat room. Should we uh, make it public as to why? Oh, sure. Um, I uh, it, it actually happened a week before Christmas. Uh, the 18th was my birthday, and it was also the day that my new grandson was born. Hudson is his name. So uh, uh, really happy to ha- have him in my life, too. So, Yeah, congratulations. That's terrific. That's Thanks. terrific. Thank you. Not like you're going to spoil them or anything. Oh, yes, I will. Yeah. <laughs> this is number three. I got two other grandsons, too. So just ask them. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just coming in fashionably late, uh, Mr. Jim <laughs> has arrived. Gesundheit. That's quite the entrance. How you doing, Jim? How do you turn these things on? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
Okay. Apparently, Jim didn't hear my uh, my introduction. No, he didn't. He's getting work. His headphones going here. Oh, oh you can't hear me. Oh, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, we can, can hear you. Can you hear us? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. I can hear, but it's coming out of the speaker, and I'm using the. You know, I imagine I sound crummy. Um, no, you, you sound so, good. Really? Yeah, that's bad. It's coming. This it's using my Mac. Uh, MacBook microphone, which is three feet that way. Doesn't really? sound bad at all. Shall I just leave it this way? Forget the headphones? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't know why they're not working. Yeah. Very, uh, I, I, that's a little surprising. You, I guess your room doesn't have a lot of echo to it because it does not sound bad at all. Because I've done this before, and you're like, Jim, I don't think you've got the right mic. Yeah, well, you've done that before. You're right. You're right. Yeah, um, Brian in the chat room says, sounds good here. So there you go. Good. All right. Yeah. So as I said at the outset, there were just a couple things that, that I, I wanted to bring up. Um, and the first two are really sort of follow-ups to some conversations we've had in previous shows. Um, the first one, and I'm not even sure who brought this up. Um, we've been talking a lot about Mastodon as a Twitter alternative. And there have been a number of articles going around. And, and I did honestly, I never even thought about this. It may have been Jeff uh, that suggested, you know, that you could spin up your own Mastodon instance or Mastodon server. Yeah. And apparently that opens up a whole lot of responsibility issues. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> that uh, and I found a Twitter um, a Twitter thread. I'm going to throw it in the chat rooms um, that it might be worth you all checking out. I'm nah, shoot. Okay, I may not be able to throw it in the chat rooms. I will have it in the show notes. I'm sorry about that, folks. Um, but I can definitely throw it in our private chat room um, as soon as I can find our private chat room. There I we go. I was afraid of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that way that'll it'll make it into. Uh, into the show notes. Um, but it, I mean, there are DMCA issues. There are all kinds of potential liability issues here. Um, not to mention the very obvious risks associated with running any kind of server. So, you know, it might be a fun thing to play with, but if you're going to use it at all uh, in any open fashion, you may want to do a little bit of research uh, before that, because I don't want to see anybody might get uh get in any kind of trouble you might you um, might Jim's, be better go ahead no no i was just gonna say i'm gonna try to see if i can uh jim just gave us another ch uh, another link i'm gonna try to paste that but i'm not sure that i have permission to paste in my own chat room oh i do cool there we go okay uh so as i was saying the uh, same I, as the one you pasted i just yeah, without the google you. intermediary okay great thank you thank you David, um, I was going to say, uh, yeah, you yeah, tread lightly to even thinking about getting a server. Not only is it something with 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 copyright, it's also there's a cost involved. You're going to have to uh, fire up a, a, a server, and they 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 tend to charge for that. And I know a number of people have spun up their own servers. You know, notably Leo Port did with Twit uh, Social, um, and he, he continues to say that he. He pays for it and paid pays per user who joins, so he's very being very limited to who 
he allows to join. And, you know, when you, when you ask for an invitation, he'll let you in. And I think that's pretty typical of anybody that has a server that, like that, uh, that sets up. So it's, uh, it's definitely something that, uh, you, you want to be, be aware of when it comes to that, but it's, uh, definitely been interesting. I'm starting to, to start to dabble into it a little bit more. Um, there was a good tutorial. I mean, our friend Don McAllister just did a, did a video not too long ago on screencast online. You might want to check that out too. Uh, that, uh, yeah. you know, I, I just, I just finished listening to that uh, a little while ago and, uh, yeah, he did a pretty good job of just giving you guys the basics of understanding what Mastodon is. Cause I think that's the biggest problem with people. I just get very overwhelmed. and like, wow, this is way too confusing for me to want, do we want to deal with this? And, um, but once you get into it and start understanding it and, you know, the big thing is you're on one server, I'm on another server and so on and so forth. I just figured out today that you can you know, go to that person who is on that other server, copy the link of that person's server and put it in your search and you can still follow them, you know, under, under the, the server you're on. So, um, so I think, uh, it's got, uh, it's got some good value. I think it's just going to take a little bit of time and a little bit of a learning curve to understand, you know, how it goes. But I think I'm really, I'm not really liking it. And I like that the community's not oh, crazy wild like it is on Twitter. So, <laughs> yeah, and and I hate to be the downer here, but I do feel like it's something that you know, since we do have a tech-oriented audience, that you just need to be aware that if if it seems like a good idea, yeah, by all means, go ahead and play with it. But just before you let anybody join your Mastodon server, be aware of right. some of the risks associated with it. And some, and not just the the hacking risks, but the the legal risks. Because if, if somebody should get on your Mastodon server and then start posting less than desirable stuff, let's just say, um, you yeah. know, you don't want to be the one to be legally liable for it. You yeah. got to be the person that's uh, that's uh, overseeing the server. And you're managing the content versus uh, Twitter or somebody else. In their case, well, yeah. you, you can let set up a server and not let anyone else. Be honest. Oh, yeah. I I have a friend that has done that, and I've thought about doing it myself. Um, I, I'm kind of the thing that concerns me right now about Mastodon is the choice of what instance to join and what the sustainability model is there. Um, <clears throat> you know, it seems to me like these instances are going to come and go. I mean, they're not monetized. Yeah. They've got to be a pain in the, you know, <sighs> rear to run. And I, I, I'm concerned that I would get on an instance. Of course, a lot of them don't even let you on right now. But, you know, and then it. what happens? You know, who is running that? I, you know, I don't even know. What are their policies going to be uh, as far as um, moderation or even deciding whether they're going to let you continue to use their server or whether they're still going to be around? And if I want to go to the trouble of establishing myself, you know, that seems like a real shaky foundation. So that's, that's what really concerns me. I kind of wish, you know, I'm not sure if this really makes sense or not, but um, you know, people keep saying it's like email and I, and I kind of see that um, where you specify, you know, so-and-so at so-and-so server. And so I'm thinking, gosh, I, I think I would love it if, Fastmail, for example, would set up an instance and, you know, charge me $5 a month or whatever. I'd rather send that to them than, than Elon. And, um, you know, then I, you know, I feel pretty good that, you know, Fastmail has got a long track record 
Um, of course, they may be looking at this and saying, hey, we don't want any part of a social media um, uh, server. But, uh, um, you know, that's the... Well, Jim, you're right. We're right back. Because, I mean, look, I'm, I'm the one that has said for a long time that I wish, whether it's Twitter or someone, uh, and, and micro.blog does charge um, a, a, a nominal fee per month to be on theirs. And I, I personally don't have a problem with that. But there are a lot of folks that do. They feel like social media should be open to everyone. There should not be any dollar barrier to it um, from a freedom of, of speech standpoint. And I I understand why they feel that way. But, ah, you know, just just everything you're saying about, you know, I you wish somebody reputable not that Mastodon is filled with non-reputable people. That's not what I'm saying. But somebody that maybe has central control could spin up something and then, you know, I mean, call it a premium Mastodon server. I don't know. But right. Something well, that- I mean, what I'm saying is it would not preclude free Mastodon incidents, incident, ins, instances. 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 Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I assume that's not going away. I'm I'm just saying, it's like, you know, I mean, I can start up my own email server. And I used to run an email server myself for a long time, you know, uh, 15, 18 years, something like that. Didn't pay anybody. Server ran, you know, on my domain name. And um, uh, in fact, it ran on a server in my house. And then eventually I decided, you know what? I'd really rather pay five bucks a month to Fastmail and offload all those headaches. So I'm not, I'm not suggesting that Mastodon should not be free, but just that I personally would like to pay for an ins- instance because, you know, there's got to be some model or, you know, things going to go away or it's going to do things that are weird, you know? If you're not paying, then you're the customer, right? Um, so, yeah. And, you know, this 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 thing about that you posted, I've seen that um, about the DCMA thing. I've seen that on and off for the last three or four years. And I keep thinking I need to do that because I run a discourse forum. Um, so, you know, I mean, I don't, it's, a, it's specifically about Panorama. And, you know, we haven't had people post, you know, copyrighted movies or anything, but I suppose, you know, maybe, um, you know, and I remember having a conversation with Rick Ford at Macintosh and he runs a forum. And I was like, hey, Rick, have you seen this? And he hadn't. And I was like, I wonder if we, and he's like, gosh, you know, do we need to do this? Um, I haven't, haven't heard of anybody you know, running into a problem with that. But theoretically, even if you run a forum, um, maybe you, you need to do that. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Rocket Money. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions at rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. New year, new goals. Or maybe they're the same goals as last year. Manage your budget better and save money. If that sounds like something you plan to do, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. 
We all have subscriptions that we've forgotten about. That app that you no longer use. The streaming service you signed up for to watch that one show, but forgot to cancel the subscription when the show got canceled. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. That's cash back in your pocket. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. That's rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. Thanks to Rocket Money for their support of Mac Voices. This week's Mac Voices is brought to you by Collide. Collide is a fleet visibility solution for Mac, Windows, and Linux that can help you securely scale your business. The challenge with endpoint security has always been that it's difficult to scale. And when remote work took over, the challenge got exponentially harder. With remote work continuing to be widespread, the challenge remains. You need visibility into your fleet of devices in order to meet security goals and reduce service desk tickets. But how do you get that visibility when different parts of your company run on Mac, Windows, and Linux? You get Collide. Collide is an endpoint security solution that gives IT teams a single dashboard for all devices, regardless of their operating system. Collide gives you real-time access to your fleet's data and can do things that traditional MDMs can't. And instead of installing intrusive agents or locking down devices, Collide takes a user-focused approach that communicates security recommendations to your employees directly on Slack. You can answer every question you have about your fleet without intruding on your workforce. Visit collide.com slash macvoices to find out how. If you follow that link, they'll hook you up with a goodie bag just for activating a free trial. That's collide. K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash macvoices. Collide.com slash macvoices. Thanks to Collide for supporting this week's Mac Voices. Yeah, there I mean there's so many of these things that and, and we all love to play with it and you know and, and get it up there and you know it, from the days of bulletin boards on, you know, it was always yeah. fun to be the one in control of it. But you know, unfortunately you know, it's become more sophisticated. Business has moved in, and with that, you know, a lot of legal issues. Eric, you you had some uh, something to say about moving uh, moving between Mastodon servers. Yeah, the the Mastodon servers give you the ability from to migrate from one server to the other. So if you join an instance and then discover that you know it either doesn't let you see content you want to see or it is having difficulties expanding fast enough for the number of users and there's a better fit somewhere else or maybe there's another server that has a you know user base that's themed closer to technology or art or whatever it is that you're looking for um you can and there are instructions in in um in in the mastodon help notes on how to say yep i want to move from this server to that server or to be able to um basically um uh have a kind of referral so when people visit you on the one server it gets redirected to the new one mm-hmm. um uh you have to be careful because you can't move like back and forth throughout the week you know you have to migrate and then there's a time frame you have to wait before you could do it again but it means that you're not stuck on one particular instance with no way to go anywhere else. Um, but my understanding is that 
when you do that, all your content does not move. It stays mm-hmm. with the old server and that that's kind of baked into the design of it because each instance does its moderation. So there's there's really no way to import, you know, transfer content from one server to another. You know, you could be like, yeah, here's my 10,000 posts that I did over the last year. And then what? This other server is supposed to go through and moderate that as, as it, you know, as you import it. They, you know, so it's just not allowed. But for most of the people that seem to be migrating, it's because they couldn't figure out which server to pick when they started and just picked a random one. And then, you know, just realizing that you can switch. So once you're there and you see who you're following and what server it's on, or maybe a server was closed when you first started and now it's open or, you know. Right. But, I, you know, I'm I'm more thinking that, you know, maybe this will need to be done three years from now or five years from now or, you know, whatever. Um, especially since, you know, three years from now or five years from now, it makes it more likely that policies of instances will change or, you know, somebody will just be like, hey, I don't feel like running a Mastodon server anymore. Um, in fact, you know, if a server went away completely, I assume there'd be no redirects from it. Um so, Jim, that brings up an interesting question. And frankly, I can see the 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 lack of transfer of of content as <laughs> from one perspective, it's a bug. From another perspective, it's a feature. Um, but you know, I, I have to wonder how many social media accounts really does the content over, let's just say, six months, let's say a year, does anybody really care? About what, uh, with no with no offense to anybody here, what I posted, what Jim posted, what David posted, Webb, Eric, Jeff Gamut, you know, anybody on the panel, is anybody really going back and looking at it at that stuff? I mean, I I'm with you completely. You know that it's it's not a great place to build. Excuse me, it's not a great way to build a body of content. But I sometimes wonder if we get a little too if we all get a little too hung up on the body of content. And is it really relevant if you're not president of the United States or president of Ukraine, whatever? Well, but who knows who's going to be president of the United States or, you know, what's going to be important in the future? Um, you know, I think that's one of the concerns that I see, at least, and I've seen other people express about, you know, say, if Twitter was to actually go away, you know, how much history would be lost? And, you know, things that are back there, you know. Um, So is it the end of the world? But I'm just saying it's, you know, to go in now and say, well, I'm going to join Mastodon and maybe I'll be active on there for, you know, X years. And then all of a sudden, out of my control, all my content's gone. And maybe I'll care and maybe I won't. But to start, you know, from the beginning saying, well, I'm going to pre not care. <laughs> Web, you're sitting up there kind of quiet, uh, just uh, looking I, like you're, I, I, you know, I, I, I have a Mastodon account. It's at, uh, but home.social is the, the server that I'm connected to. Uh, we've been on the show now on the air for 22 minutes. I've spent more time on this show than I have on Mastodon. 
I kind of set it up and, and played around and, and have ignored it for what the last four or six weeks. So, um, and just have you spent any time on any other social networks? Uh, it, Facebook, because that's the best way to stay connected with the rest of my family, um, and uh, and some people here too, um, and also uh, um, you know Twitter. But I'm not a big, yeah, you know, I, I don't post a lot. I've, I've said that from the very beginning. I, I'm more of a lurker. I I'm more observed than get into it. So uh, uh, I was looking at uh, my mastodon. I got uh, I'm following four people, and I got six followers, and I'm not sure who those six are. So. Uh, it's just yeah yeah so, yeah give yeah almost everybody on this show not me and a, and a guy who used to work for me so it's i don't i mean i don't know i just the reason i brought it up was for the legal liability concerns yeah. um but you know we're talking we, we've veered off into some other areas that are absolutely you know interesting and you know there are things to think about depending on what the purpose of your of your met i guess of your mastodon presence would be if if you're going to start having your business on mastodon or that's one of your one of the social media presences well then maybe this is kind of a big deal that you want to be building up that body of information that someone can go back and research. Um, you know, frankly, I've, I, I'm not even sure. I guess it's just a matter. I hadn't even thought about this, but it's just a matter of clicking on somebody's ID to go back and see all of their past posts. Is that a, is that a correct statement? I haven't even played with it that much. Yeah, I, I believe you can on that instance. But what I'm saying is that would only show you that instance. So if they moved at some point you wouldn't see what was on any instance they've been on before. Just like, you know, somebody could have multiple Twitter accounts, and if you go look at one of them, you won't see the other ones. Right. Yeah. But so. presumably Twitter is not going to, you know, selectively shut your account down. Uh, 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 well, that was something that was probably safe to say three months ago. Maybe now I shouldn't, you know, <laughs> make that statement. Well, you can download your full Twitter account as well. I did. I, I did that. Yeah. But that doesn't help Chuck see it. True. True. Although and, people, I, you know, looking them. at that, I, it's not clear to me how usable that archive would be if Twitter itself wasn't, didn't exist. Um, I, I mean, there'd be a bunch of information there, but I think it would be very hard to use. Um, if Twitter itself wasn't up, well, isn't that probably true though? Because you can do the, you can do the same thing with your Facebook um, account, I believe. But and, oh, I haven't done it because I don't feel like there's anything that is really that important for me to archive, archive or know that I posted X number of years ago. I don't know. I'm not on Facebook, <clears throat> yeah. but I mean, you know, for example, email—you theoretically, pretty reasonably could make an archive of your email and it would probably still make sense even if the rest of the internet didn't exist. Right. So, um, the other story that I wanted to bring up, um, and we don't want to beat anybody when they're down, but on the other hand, um, this is, uh, David brought us this link, but you can find a bunch of stories out there right now about this. 
Um, this is the last pass, last passes announcement that apparently during the data breach uh, earlier this year, that in fact some users' vaults were included in the hack. Now, my understanding is that the, it doesn't mean that those vaults are were cracked open. It just meant that they were obtained. And so in theory, somebody could take your vault and start trying to brute force their way in a lot easier than if it were behind LastPass's walls, which apparently were also improperly guarded. So this is kind of a warning. And, and the thing, I guess the thing that disturbed me the most about it was LastPass has been putting out this information now for several weeks. And they decided, you know, the basically the a day or so before the Christmas holiday weekend, that this that's when they would announce this. Almost like they were hoping nobody would pay attention. That's so yeah. them. Not this day and age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, how does everybody feel about this? Because it, it really does, it, it looks like LastPass was not doing, from what the reports are saying, and that's a big if, um, but it, it looks like they really were not doing what they should have been doing to protect some of the most valuable information that we all have. I, I can just give you a little side story um, in my organization. I don't know if any of you have any kind of a, a corporate password management account or not, um, but we are going through that and and it, it really comes down to last password and, and one password is what we're uh, thinking about. I've been a one password user for how since this version two and now they're on what what 10 or 12 or something like that. Anyway, I've been using it a long time. I like it. But, you know, the thing about password managers is that you have to really commit to it to get the most out of it. Uh, you, you can't be kind of passive about it. You So every password that I have is in uh, one password, uh, every unique password I might add. Um, but uh, it's this, this whole data breach thing is getting to a real point where we're rethinking the whole issue of do we want to have a uh, uh, a password manager granted there, there there are things that are going on right now about pass keys as uh, the the buzzword that I'm hearing right now and some other type of uh, uh, unique two-factor authentication some things that we use corporately ourselves um, but there's still going to be some accounts that are still going to use the traditional username password of some kind there could be a two-factor with it, but it's still going to be something out there. And I, I don't think that uh, um, there's a widespread adoption of, of some new um, authentication tool. So anyway, uh, that, that's what, what we're thinking about. The, the, when the one when the last pass thing came up, it does give us pause to, you know, granted they, they weren't able to uh, um, get past the, um, the encryption that that the end users have supposedly they haven't gotten past that, but uh, it's an issue. It's one that we're talking about corporately. So, yeah, and LastPass really made a big push um, a couple of years ago to be uh, the corporate password manager of choice. Oh, yeah. Because I know a, a yeah. company, a couple of companies we dealt with, were actually had contracted with LastPass to distribute licenses. Um, you know which. Hey, it wasn't a bad idea by any means, you know, to encourage your your customers 
and clients to use a password manager. Unfortunately, now, LastPass has more than a little egg on its face. Oh, it's a PR nightmare, really. I mean, it's, it's, they're going to have a heck of a time recovering from this. I mean, they, they know it's a lot of damage control, I'm sure, in their, in their business right now. You know, David, I, I guess I don't, I, I'm not as bothered by the fact that they got hacked. It just seems like that can be something that can happen to anyone. Yeah. It's the, the way they've, the way they've handled the communication to their customers. That, I mean, at least in theory, the hackers who obtained those vaults have had months to try to break into them. And if that had been my vault, well, I know I would have been in there changing passwords real quick if I had known that I was in danger. But I think up to this point, everybody has felt like, well, okay, LastPass got hacked, but my vault is secure. My vault is, you know, was never, was never touched now, you know, and yet, and you can't help but wonder what else has not been said yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things I guess that worries me more than anything else is they came out with one announcement and then they came out with more detail a little bit later. And, you know, there's some commentary now that, you know, if you read through their press release and it talks about if you followed all of the rules and best practices, you're probably mostly okay. Um, but it's unclear. You know, there seem to be a lot of users that weren't told at one point to reset their password to get the better encryption level, and that people who've had accounts for a really long time might have very um, low levels of encryption. And they probably should have been told, go in and change all your passwords because there really wasn't any protection much on your vault. It would be really easy to break into. There seemed to be a little bit more concern for corporate users over individual users, which also kind of bothers me. Um, yeah, it's it's just, I think there, there could be a lot more communication that would make me feel better. As you said, anyone could have a, a break-in, but... It's the communication afterwards that, to me, makes a huge difference. Our discussion of the LastPass hack continues in the next edition of Mac Voices, and then our panel picks some of their most important hardware. That's next time on Mac Voices. We will see you then. As always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at BackbeatMedia.com. Bandwidth provided by CashFly at CashFly.com.